Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. We're in the second part of the series called The Path to Contentment. Today we're going to take up the topic of abundance, but let's, a little, let's do a little review. You know, remember, contentment, qualities and characteristics that we develop, an outcome of living the life that God calls us to live. Last week, Jeff talked about compassion, three steps to compassion. Pay attention, notice the pain or struggle in others. Second, if possible, offer some help, adjust, or maybe adjust your attitude about what's going on. And then third, tell someone about what's going on. Compassion. This week, it's abundance. There's a lot going on. We're also... In the midst of the stewardship campaign, yeah, the time when, in, in the Methodist United Methodist tradition, when worship attendance typically falls. All right, that's supposed to be funny, folks. That was funny at 9.45, okay? Get with me. We're in the stewardship campaign. You'll hear more about that a little bit later, but I, I want to point out a couple of things. One is, remember what Jeff said about stewardship. It's what we do, how we live after we have said yes God. So it's not just about pledge cards, although pledge cards are important. Some things to think about as we enter this campaign. The budget, budget around here is about $1.5 million. Oh, there's the pledge card. Yeah. $1.5 million. We have uh, about 260 giving units. Giving units is stewardship talk for individuals or families who have made contributions to the church in the last year. So if you do that quick math in your head, if every giving unit were to offer us about $5,500 per year, we'd balance the budget. That's about $458 a month. $15 or three lattes per day. There was at least a snicker at 945 on that one too, okay? Stick, Stick with me. So some things to think about as we enter this time of stewardship. And then finally, I want to remind you that we have a series called Saving Grace. Saving Grace. Pastor Jan is doing a series. It's a six-week series. It's on Tuesday. It's at 6.30. They're going to be taking a break this week because Pastor Jana will be, will be out of town. But um, there's plenty of time to join that series. It's going to be dealing with important issues, practical issues, earning, giving, saving, debt, spending. So if you want to join, uh, join in with that discussion, there's plenty of room at that table. So I hope you'll consider that. Now, let's turn our attention to the Scripture this morning. Lori Givens will be, uh, will be giving, us, giving us the Scripture. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Hello, my name is Lori Givens, and I will be reading from Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 34. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap, they have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? 
Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock. For your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. Thank you, Lori, for, uh, for bringing us the word this morning. Let's pray, friends. Gracious God, open our hearts and minds to what the Spirit is saying to us today. Amen. So this passage in Luke is, is very interesting, a lengthy passage, but I hope you can see in the passage these images of abundance and these images of anxiety. Solomon in all his splendor. But don't be afraid, little flock. Images of abundance and anxiety. So today as we talk about this notion of abundance, I'm going to sort of pit these two things against each other. And often I thought about uh, maybe a subtitle to this sermon about abundance that might be, how much is enough, really? Because we certainly live in a period of abundance. Think about, think about this. I, I was doing a little research on this. This is very interesting. Did you know there are 22 million millionaires in the United States? Wow, I remember when a million bucks was a lot of money. Yeah. There's 800 billionaires. Bringing it closer to home, the average household income in McKinney $93,000. In Allen, it's 106000 In Frisco, it's 127000 And in aptly named Prosper, 147000 Abundance. Homes, think about homes. That's been in the news lately because of the hot real estate market. Back in 1970, the average family size was about little over three people in 1970. The average house size was 1,600 square feet. In 2019, the average family size is now 2.53. I'm not sure about the 0.53. I don't know who that is. Average home size, you want to take a guess? 2,600 square feet. Family size is going this way, home size is going this way, and so it's, it's no wonder that one of the fastest growing industries in America is self-storage. It's an $88 billion industry. 
There is 1.9 billion square feet of self-storage in the United States. That's about six square feet for every man, woman, and child. What are you doing with yours? That's a lot. Our homes are gotten bigger, and what's going on inside these homes? 35 million of these homes have two refrigerators. Six million have more than two. So where do you put the third refrigerator? I mean, is it in the bedroom? I mean, seriously, where, where is it? Is it in the car? And there are at least 10 connected devices in these homes. Two phones, two computers, two televisions, a tablet, a video game console, a smart speaker, a virtual reality device, Siri, and a smartwatch. That's what's in the house. In terms of spending, I was looking up some interesting stuff on spending. Think about coffee spending, right? Coffee, an essential. Turns out women spend more than men. Women spend about 2400 bucks a year on coffee. Men, 1900 a year. Someone in the first service said that's because women are buying men their coffee. Okay, I think that's probably true. Eating out, if you think about eating out, in 2019, which is pre-pandemic, we spent about $3,600 a year to eat out. 300, 300 bucks a month. It went down to 2400 a year in 2020, but I think it's, it's headed back probably the other direction. And then, and then we spend about $1,200 a year on our dogs, but only about $680 a year on our cats. Because you don't need a cat walker. You see, you don't walk cats. Cats don't like to be walked. Okay, all right, all right, all right, stick with me. And then, in the midst of all this abundance, we still need credit. As I mentioned, there's about 300 million people in the United States. Maybe I mentioned that, I forgot. If not, I'm mentioning it now. 300 million people in the United States. There are 497 million credit card accounts active. So that means there's, you know, one point something credit card accounts for every man, woman, and child in the United States. And the average debt is about $5,300. Or, in a strange coincidence, that's about what we need from every pledging unit at the church. Never mind, I'm not going to go there. There's, there are 96-month car loans. There are 50-year mortgages. I didn't really believe that, but there are. So we do have a little bit of credititis going on, maybe. Yes, we are living the good life. The good life. And to make this a little more personal, I did a fearless uh, inventory of my own life, and I, I, this, and I thought I'd ha- share a few examples with you. Uh, let's see this picture, guys. Shoes. I have 26 pairs of footwear. I'm wearing one of them today. It includes five pairs of cowboy boots. Five? Really? I have 39, next, 39 pairs of socks, including four singles. I'm hoping to find the other one, right? They're just, they're at the top of the picture there. And then I've got 47 ball caps. There's that Astros hat. See that old one right there? I've had that Astros hat since before I got married, you know. That's the joke around our house. Anyway, and I'm not even going to show you my self-storage room. 
Yes, we have a, we have a lot of abundance. Living the good life. But amidst that abundance, there's a little bit of anxiety, I think. There's a Gallup survey from, from 2020. Two-thirds of, now listen to this one. Two-thirds of Americans say they have enough money to live comfortably. But fewer than half describe their financial situation as good or excellent. I have enough, but that's not good. 77% of Americans are worried about their financial situation. It's been a long-time statistic that money problems are often the cause of marital discord and even divorce. This study, this is interesting, the joys and dilemmas of wealth, right? 165 households surveyed, average net worth $78 million of this group of people. They don't consider themselves financially secure, according to the survey. For that, they need, on the average, one quarter more wealth than they currently have. I had a professor when I was in college at A&M. He would call that broke at a higher level. Yeah, we're living the good life. But is it our best life? That brings us to the scripture passage today. This context is really important. If you take a look at Luke 12, and you should always do this, look at the couple of things that happened before the text. This is the same chapter with the story of the rich fool. Remember him? I'm growing so much, I'm going to build more barns. I'm going to be secure. And then that night his life is taken from him. And then right before the passage, Jesus is asked to adjudicate an argument over an inheritance. And Jesus says, I'm not, that's not what I'm, I'm not doing that. Let's not worry about that. And then he launches into this, the text today. Don't worry about your stuff. Jesus knew that we could get anxious about our stuff. He knew that we could suffer from what Adam Hamilton calls, in, in this tiny little book called Enough, maybe you, re, maybe you participated in the study here at the church a few years ago, um, this ailment called affluenza. Affluenza. Take a look. Affluenza. That bloated, sluggish, unfulfilled feeling that results from efforts to keep up with the Joneses, whoever they are, An epidemic of stress, overwork, waste, indebtedness caused by the dogged pursuit of the American dream. An unsustainable addiction to economic growth. Jesus talked a lot about money and possessions, honestly. About a third of the time, when he wasn't talking about the kingdom of God, he was talking about our wealth and our possessions and how to deal with that stuff and have it, put in, have it be put in perspective. A couple of his greatest hits. We cannot serve God in wealth. Luke 16, 13. Sometimes that gets translated as mammon, which we kind of have to go run and look at a Bible dictionary to look up, but wealth is a good translation. We cannot serve both. And then, this one makes everybody really nervous. For It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Luke 18. So Jesus knew we'd get anxious about our stuff. 
And that's the opposite of contentment. Are we living the good life? But not our best life? If you want to look up questionnaires about affluenza, I'll, I'll encourage you to do that. I, I, I looked one up. And this one, this one kind of stung me. You suffer from affluenza if you're, look, if you're working in a job that you can't stand because you need the money. Now, I have a wonderful job now, but there was a time in my life where I worked in a job I couldn't stand because I needed to pay the bills. If that's your life, affluenza. It's about perspective. So what do we do? What do we do? In this life of abundance and this sort of counterpoint of anxiety, what do we do? Well, it turns out Paul, you can count on Paul, okay? Paul has some suggestions. And in typical Paul fashion, he's pretty blunt about it in 1 Timothy 6, starting with verse 17. Command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Parentheses. I have blessed you to be a blessing to others. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation in the coming age so that, listen, they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Not the good life, our best life. So how do we do this? Paul's pretty blunt, right? He sort of (laughs) lays it out there. Right? Unless any of us think that, that Paul is not talking to us because it's like, well, Pastor, I'm not rich. Consider that the median personal income in the world is less than $3,000. The poverty level for an individual in the United States is about $13,000. About three times more than the world's median. So if you're impoverished in the United States, By comparison, you're relatively well off. So, anyway, what do we do? Again, I'm going to turn to Adam Hamilton. He offers two suggestions for this way to to increase contentment amidst abundance and anxiety. Simplifying life and exercising some self-control. Those two things leading to greater contentment. So quickly, let's go. Simplifying life. Number one, I'm going to go through these. Five things. And this, again, is really practical. Set a goal of reducing your consumption and choose to live below your means. Set the thermostat five degrees lower. Take canvas bags to the grocery store. Don't use those wretched plastic things. Get a car with 10% better mileage. Maybe buy the mid-grade item instead of the top of the line. Number two, before making a purchase, ask yourself, do I really need this or do I just want this? Needs versus wants. Like I hear my mother talking, right? I need Converse All-Stars in the school colors, okay? 
with gold lace. Never mind. Okay? Needs versus want. Use the 24-hour rule. If you're thinking about a major purchase that's something that you really, really, really want, wait a day. Wait a day. See if it passes. Number three, use something up before buying something new. I can remember my mother bragging and my, same, my mom bragging about that washing machine that we had for 35 years, right? And I don't know, you know we could also have that conversation about, well, they don't make them that way anymore, and I get that. But keeping that item just another six months. Plan low-cost entertainment. That's the fourth item. Have you ever had that vacation? When you got home from your vacation, you had to take a vacation from your vacation because you were worn out from your vacation? Running around doing maybe the vacation where you just be with people you love. Play some cards, play some dominoes. Invite people over to the house, have some dinner. Low cost entertainment that stresses relationship. And then number five, ask yourself this is, and then we're really going to. Afflict the comfortable here. Are there major changes that would allow me to simplify my life? If any of you, and this is what I'm talking about, if any of you know the joy of driving a vehicle that you do not have to make a monthly payment on versus the 96-month car note, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe... Get rid of that car with the payment and get something that doesn't require a payment. Maybe downsize the house. That's significant. My wife and I, we did that when my daughter moved out. Uh, we, we went from 3,000 square feet to 1,800. And I still have room for my socks and my hats. Okay? Those are significant. Maybe there's a club membership that you're not using very much of and that that money could go to, to sustain you on a mission trip. I don't know. Five ways to simplify life. And then the second one, quickly, exercising self-control. Three questions. What's the long-term consequence of this thing I'm thinking about doing? Think about the long run. Number two, is there a higher good or a better outcome of my use of time, my money, or my energy? Is there a higher good, better outcome? And then finally, Is what I'm considering doing, will this action honor God? I hope you can see the, the theme here is just to take a deep breath and wait a minute. Take a deep breath and wait a minute. I used to, I I drive to, uh, as you know, I drive from Denton to McKinney. And I got into this habit, you know, I didn't even think about it because there's several Starbucks on the way. And I would just pull in to Starbucks and, you know, have my coffee. And then I started adding up what I was spending and I'm like, Man, that's just for coffee. Maybe I could make some and take it with me. huh? So the idea is to just sort of take a minute and think. Simplifying life, exercising self-control. Two ways to achieve greater contentment. Don't be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that won't wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. 
For where your treasure is, there is your heart also. It's not about living the good life. It's about living our best life. The life that really is life. Jesus said that he came for us to have life and to have it more abundantly. The message says so that we could have a more and better life than we ever dreamed of. Let it be so. Let's pray. Gracious God, amidst our abundance and anxiety, we present ourselves to you. Take us, mold us, open us up to that greater contentment that comes with taking a moment and contemplating our relationship with you and keeping that in perspective. Making sure our stuff doesn't own us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.